podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league courtesy of DraftKings because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team Every week, based uh, on a salary cap, you enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link. And that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter. And as well as the pay to play contest, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, begambleaware.org. The Guru Sandrini. Now, we should probably explain to listeners, I can't see you right now. Normally, when we're taping the show, I can see you. But because the UK is, well, specifically England, uh, is, of course, a country, the moment we have any kind of adverse weather conditions, everything grinds to a halt. There are some technical issues with connectivity, which means this is audio only, right? Uh, Which is strange because I can't see it. So first things first, I'm picturing you. I'm guessing there's incense burning. I'm guessing there are pan pipes, some maybe some kind of very chilled flute music in the background. Is there a trying to Brock Purdy that I can't see? I think my Wi-Fi is on strike. That's probably the first thing. Um, right. But um, yeah, everything you can imagine in your mind now, as ever, is uh, is reality. Well, I want to start with Thursday Night Football before we get down to business, although there is a kind of connecting thread there, given the Tyler Lockett injury that we'll talk about, Mm. of course. And and I guess as well, the return of George Kittle. Why don't we start there? Kittle, written off by many, back in business, two touchdowns, putting up a ton or so, yardage. What does this tell you about Kittle's projections for anyway this season, what's left of it in fantasy terms? I don't think it changes greatly. I think he was always going to be volatile once Purdy came into the offense. And actually, probably with Trey Lance initially, this would have been the case where he'd have spike weeks where he's in the game plan. They see that opportunity over the middle uh, and games where he's phased out because they have so many weapons. Obviously, now Debo's out. Uh, we mm-hmm. didn't see much of Ayuk at all yesterday. Uh, CMC is the workhorse in the backfield. They went with a CMC and Kittle playbook. And that worked, but next week uh, against Washington, it could be something else entirely. So Kittle is a good DFS play. He's a great best ball play. But in your regular fantasy teams, I have quite a lot of Kittle. Then you're crossing your fingers that it's a big Kittle week because there's no guarantee. It's spike weeks, incidentally, what, backup tight end on the depth chart? For Kittle? <laughs> yeah, spike weeks. Spike weeks. <laughs> Late round draft pick. <laughs> Surely added to, to Propo's uh, list of favorably named tight ends. Um, yeah, true. You know on the boom or bust kind of play, or at least a high upside for value, that's very much where Tyler Lockett has fitted in, right? This season, particularly in, in daily fantasy. Broken finger in the game last night. Uh, he's done for the season. I mean, this is, uh, this is an injury that I've had in my very comparable forays as a... Uh, five six aside goalkeeper <laughs> broke my hand i did this pretty much exact injury uh where are we now or oh, a year and change ago and y- you were 
I was done for seven, eight weeks, right? Given how important hands are to that position. And of course, given how important they are to Tyler Lockett. So realistically, he could be done for the season, right? Even if the, the Seahawks splutter into the playoffs, I'm not sure he's going to be ready to go. Seems unlikely. I mean, perhaps if they make a deep playoff run, he's a wide receiver 14 in points per game on the year in fantasy. He's wow. overachieved. Yeah, he's he's been a major part of what has been a really successful offense. Yeah. Now you think that they'll funnel more to DK. We saw Noah Fant have a decent game last night and could be that they've got this litany of tight ends and they might incorporate in the game more without Lockett. But this is... a. Uh, Things are starting to unravel a bit in Seattle, unfortunately. They obviously had an incredible start to the season. They've been one of the stories of the year. Mm. But now I think they've lost four or five. Lockett going down is major. They don't really have the receiving depth to be able to replace him. It's a shame because, yeah, he was obviously having a, a great season. Yeah, you know, they're in that that batch I wrote about in this week, actually, uh, in one of the columns I do about teams that are... Well, timing's everything in this game, right? And there are teams that maybe they were punching above their weight individually and then collectively overperforming. The Giants are very much in that mix. When you look at the numbers of the Giants, I mean, that offensively, Saquon or bust, right? We knew that, but they kept on winning, and particularly because defense was keeping it tight. But in the last four games, Barkley's had 100 and change on the ground, 13 passes of 64. He's had a couple of touchdowns, but has completely frozen, fallen, regressed, whichever uh, line you want to take there. The defense over the first nine games, they allowed 19 points a game. Well, thereabouts, 90.2 to be precise. Over the last fourth, almost 32 a game. So mm. they're in that group. Seattle seems to be running out of gas. Jets maybe as well. Uh, that's a result, of course. Last night, good though for the Giants. Good for Washington. They're, of course, squaring off on in prime time aren't they they're in sunday night football what did he make of another composed performance from brock purdy given the fact he was what until a couple of hours before the game was not necessarily going to start i read some really interesting quotes from shanahan in this morning just on that point alone the fact that he was asked by a reporter how composed was purdy in the game considering really kind of 50 50 by all accounts to go and then of course could have got yanked at any point if if uh, the injury had played up shanahan said he's the definitely the most poised rookie i've ever had which is high praise from shanahan because he's seen some pretty tidy rookies over the years yeah it's incredible i mean he was obviously the last pick in the draft you don't expect any seventh rounder really to make much of uh, their NFL career as a QB. You know, we've seen that so infrequently over the years. And he stepped in and been pretty good. I mean, I think there's a, there's a ceiling for Purdy, not just this year, but moving forward. Uh, they're not asking him to do too much, but what he is doing, he's doing very well. I think he completed his first 11 passes yesterday, obviously playing with the oblique injury that had to hamper him to some degree. It seems his teammates love him. You know, that's never a bad sign. Uh, and he's got the reins here probably for, for the rest of the year. So... You know, not to get carried away with Purdy. I, I, I do. Come think, on, let's get that, carried away. <laughs> uh, I do think there's a ceiling, but I think in a system where we know that Shanahan's one of the great offensive minds in the league, with a team that has an excellent defense, I think they've not conceded more than 17 points over their last four, five, six games. They're obviously on this big win streak. And, uh, you know, you've got Kittle and CMC and Debo will be back, we, we think, uh, Ayuk, et cetera, plus that line, you know, they're going to make him look good. And he's got a chance to be a factor going into the rest of the season. For fantasy purposes, 
he's probably not someone to get overly excited about unless you're in a deep superflex league. But what we don't know, and it's this is the same conversation with someone like a Bailey Zappi who we saw earlier in the year. Once you've flashed, that's going to stay in coaches' minds around the league for a while. Yeah. So even if he doesn't get a chance in on the bay because they get, they turn back to Trey Lance at the beginning of next season, you know, either he's a high-end backup, obviously Jimmy will move on, or, you know, someone puts a move in for him thinking that he could be their future. If they go, well, they're in the playoffs, obviously, now taking down the West with that win last night, if they go, put in a credit, they didn't necessarily have to go deep, I think. If he's solid, plays the same as he has been for the rest of the regular season, even if they go out round one, if he plays well, I think that his stock is going to be super high and the, the 49ers should, and, and, and probably will deal him right um yeah, has... they'll, they'll back they'll surely they'll back trey lance they have to i mean they, they spent three years worth of draft picks on him yeah. and i think you know we haven't we haven't trey lance hasn't been given the opportunity sufficient to say whether it's will or won't work mm. for them the, the thing with purdy that makes him pretty useful and obviously remember that teams haven't had the chance to really scheme up against him we haven't seen enough of brock purdy to know where his weaknesses lie and that True. those those times will come between now and the end of the year but he's mobile you know he doesn't have to run for 50 yards a game to be to get value out of the fact that he can move around in the pocket and mm. that particularly as a younger qb or when you're learning a system or when players around you are still getting used to that is a huge factor in ensuring that you can keep plays alive and i think we're seeing that and his poise has been Again, real surprise for someone coming out in, in the way that he has from the draft. But that mobility is is really something to keep an eye on. So the oblique injury didn't seem to limit him too much. But hopefully he doesn't pick up anything else along the way. Because I think if he can stay active in the pocket, this helps out this team enormously. Incidentally, it's worth pointing out, Guru, that the same sentiment that 49ers players are showing to Brock Purdy is exactly... Compar- directly comparable to how we all feel about you on the NC show. I mean, you, I feel you are our Brock Purdy of the season. Late round draft pick. Coming up good. <laughs> Coming up I'll trumps. take it. <laughs> Coming up trumps. Uh, let's talk about other injuries then. Flying around. We've got to lead off with Kyler with that season ending injury, of course. A lot has been written about how the Cardinals may live to regret giving him the deal, but conversely, how smart it was of him to insist on that with the suggestion that he was going to hold out if he didn't get the deal. And invariably, people are joining the dots and connecting this with the Lamar situation in in Baltimore. We see just how quickly things can turn in one play, one move, one moment. Kyler done for the season, and it's the kind of injury that isn't altogether straightforward that he's going to be given the kind of quarterback that he is, right? He's going to be back to his best uh, and without being too negative, arguably ever back to his best, right? There is, there's always a risk with an injury like this. What does this do for, start in fantasy terms, for the remainder of the season in terms of Cardinals skill players? Kyler is a really well insulated QB in terms of his performance because of what he does on the ground. So Kyler doesn't need to have a great passing day to have a good Kyler Murray day. Mm. That isn't the same with Colt McCoy, but actually this offense should function and the remaining skill players relatively similarly. McCoy's not going to push the ball downfield all that much, but Murray had the lowest completed air yards in the league going into last week's game. They're not pushing the ball down the field at all. McCoy won't change that, but but I don't think we're going to see a dramatic difference if you're a Marquise Brown or DeAndre Hopkins uh, holder along the way. James Connor might be someone who gets an uptick just because they're going to play it relatively safe, you would think. We'll talk about him, I think, a little bit later. Your point about Kyler coming back, obviously not this season, 
it's happened late in this season. ACL tears can be complicated, as you said. You know, the, the science, the medical has improved there so much, but there's no guarantee. How much does this limit him next season? And if you have Kyler, but Kyler isn't mobile, how much value does Kyler offer next season? So I think if you're in Dynasty, you know, I would be thinking about some some backup plans, at least for the mm. first half of next year. Who's got Kyler in our Dynasty League? It's a good question. Mm. Uh, someone who's not very happy right now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to... Just gonna look, follow the tears. Follow the I'm screams. Gonna, I'm going to look that up as we uh, move on to a few other injuries. <laughs> Russ Wilson, dangerous concussion. So he probably won't play, right? But he might clear protocol, but the Broncos might be careful anyway. That's what I'm reading. I think so. Again, you know, it's been one of the stories of the season. The average time I read recently is that... Uh, players are out for on average eight to nine days when they have a concussion so they essentially they missed one week and then they go back into practice on the tuesday or the wednesday of the following week brett ripian has started the season and came in relief last year expect him sorry last week expect him to to take the reins uh not a similar situation with kenny pickett albeit pickett obviously has had his second concussion of the season and, and therefore they might be even more careful with russ you know they paid an awful lot for him it hasn't worked out but they still have to protect the investment they're not going to rush him back when they're clearly not a playoff team i looked incidentally as you were outlining that and the owner of kyla murray in our dynasty league is espn editor stephen saunders who beat me last week so i have absolutely no sympathy for him whatsoever um because <laughs> that not be out of any any uh, vague playoff contention i think we're going head to head this week girl and you've blown up your franchise yeah, I mean, hopefully you beat me because I need to get the best draft picks possible. So if I, if if I, I can help you, in serious, any way. serious trouble if I can't beat you, <laughs> given the fact you are start. Who are you starting? I mean, I was looking at this actually in terms of our matchup. I mean, talk about tanking. You have got. Uh, oh, you're starting Colt McCoy. Starting Colt I am. McCoy. I mean, that's that's what it's got to in that league. I've been covering the NFL professionally for 15 years. There are a couple of players on your roster I've never heard of. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's how much you're tanking. I, do you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm going to set name a couple of players here I think people should know about, right? James Mitchell, the Detroit tight end. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, the Philadelphia tight end, if God it misses more time. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, and my two running backs. Who could argue with the esteemed Patriots uh, back line? Yeah, there's, um, there's some future talent there, maybe not some current stars. That is the nature of the Disney game. Uh, speaking of future talent, Kenny Pickett, of course. I'm proper thinks I've got a, an agenda against Kenny Pickett. I really don't. But I do think maybe not dissimilar to what we did a bit earlier on in the season with Bailey Zappi and uh, potentially doing with, with Brock Purdy, as, as you suggested, when there's more tape on him, when coordinators know a little bit more about what makes him tick, it might not be quite so effervescent. Kenny Pickett, I felt, didn't necessarily do a huge amount early on to get all the adulation and the and the plaudits some players just seem to get traction and be liked straight away and and i get in the with the quarterback position that's important if you've got that here comes five pounds for the charity box you got that moxie and he does he feels like he belongs but that's all that was about steelers fans in case one or two have kind of piled in on uh propos stirring and uh and that's all that is nothing more nothing less however Looks like he won't go. So Trubisky, is there much of a difference in fantasy fantasy terms between, because everyone's saying, say from gambling terms, there's not a huge amount of difference. People are looking at it with Trubisky and pick it out. What about fantasy terms? There's a bit of a drop-off, I think. What we've seen with Trubisky really for the last few seasons when he's been in, in any lineup on his way around the league is that he's been super conservative. And therefore, you know, you see a lot of Deontay Johnson, eight yards, out route, 
catches oh, it. That kind and... of super conservative, not he's a big fan of Suella Braverman. Yeah. <laughs> are there fans of Suella? Yeah, I don't think are. there can be. Oh, um, sad, actually, sadly, there probably are. Yeah, there probably are, unfortunately. I don't know if they listen to the show. Please get in touch if you're a fan of Suella Braverman. Let's have that conversation. If you're a fan um, of Suella Braverman, uh, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, I really don't care if you don't ever listen to the show again. <laughs> just we just be, lost all our sponsors. God damn it. Just to be really clear on that. Okay. Um, Trubisky, one thing with Trubisky is that last week we saw uh, the first ever version of YOLO Trubisky because he really tried to let it fly against the Ravens. They had all these downfield passes, all of which were intercepted. It was very similar to Pickett's first appearance where his accuracy throughout the, the course of the game was pretty good until they went downfield. This offense has run out of ideas it seems. And they, you see the odd brilliant catch from Pickens. Fryermuth is uh, having a pretty reasonable year, but Johnson has really looked lost. The line still isn't good, same as last season. Najee's obviously been in and out with injuries and doesn't have the explosion in the backfield. So there's a lot to, there's a lot of work to do in Pittsburgh to turn this offense around. And I do think Pickett has an opportunity to be a, maybe a top 15 QB in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure how much we see of him for the rest of the season because two concussions rookie season again not going into the playoffs why risk it mm, it's a critical game actually i think this weekend for uh for well the steelers are involved with not so much for them and their playoff permission of the panthers who are coming up on the inside rail of course and could potentially catch the bucks and the bucks are in a difficult spot against the bengals so yeah really looking forward to seeing how that game plays out, and that's not something I thought I'd be saying a couple of weeks ago, quite frankly, but it's become one of the more compelling games on the slate this weekend. Uh, speaking of that Bengals-Bucks game, a lot of injury concerns for the Bengals, which is scaring the living out of me because I have backed the over, of course, as my Drew Lock of the week over on edge rush. Now, I knew when backing it that there was concern about T Higgins he's got a hammy but is practicing Tyler Boyd again expect more likely to play right than Hayden Hurst who's the third um there was an issue quote on Hurst's injury um sorry on Boyd's injury excuse me Boyd like Tyler Lockett finger injury but it wasn't a broken hand broken finger it was a dislocation and he said uh, this is the quote uh, he said his finger injury wasn't a normal dislocation. The bone came through the skin, <laughs> he said, which prompted him to miss nearly all of Sunday's victory over the Cleveland Browns. Presumably after the bone came through the skin, it was from that point that he missed he missed the action. <laughs> um, but despite the injury, he's been able to practice in a limited capacity and says he's feeling great. Blimey. Um, so Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, what do you think? Give me hope. Give me hope, Guru. Are they going to play? How about them Bengals pass catchers? Yeah, Boyd, presumably when they say limited catch, limited practice means using one hand. Yeah. You'd like to think for, <laughs> yeah. for his sake. Right. I'm not overly optimistic, uh, but I'm not sure that... T Higgins is the key, right? Obviously, if he can play, it takes a huge weight of pressure off Jamar. Jamar last week had 15 targets after all of his uh, pass catching mates left the game. So they can just funnel it through Jamar. Obviously, Joe Mixon's back, you know, a week further removed from injury and no Vita uh, Vera as well right most likely for yeah and for the and this is the Bucks who this season have just looked I mean they're, they're just a bad team I think that that's kind of where we have to stand on them at this point unfortunately because that's quite painful to say um but consider the amount of talent on that roster Boyd I'm not optimistic on Boyd Higgins may play the problem with Higgins is that he was really almost a decoy like he played one series last week and then left the game almost as though he shouldn't have been in there in the first place hamstring yeah. injuries 
uh, stay with you and uh, can be difficult to recover from, particularly for wide receivers. Obviously, you have to do a lot of burst around the line, a lot of jump, you know, and that's a big part of Higgins' game. So I'm not overly optimistic. You're right on Hayden Hurst. He's the one who almost certainly doesn't start. But I'm also not too concerned about the Bengals overall, If even if it's just Jamar and Joe Mixon. Okay. Uh, just on that, Bucks ground game, to your point of them being pretty lackluster all season on the worst rushing attack in the league, statistically, in terms of yards per game. Can you see that turning around? Because, the, I mean, the talent is there, right? It would play off Lenny, we know, and it's actually started the season running strongly. And it's surprising that they're in such a funk there. Issues, of course, with their offensive line are, are entirely connected. But mm. do you think they can up to, upswing that a bit and give themselves a fighting chance, assuming that they win, they hang on, eke out the, the South, and then have a home field game in the playoffs. Can you see any improvement in the ground game or is that all she wrote? The regression in the line is dramatic and that's limiting so much of what they can do. When you look at Brady, Brady's trying to get the ball out as quickly as possible, you know, two seconds and it's gone. And that means that they are, they might be throwing the ball 50 times a game. So, you know, if you're in a PPR league and you're looking at Chris Godwin's stats, you're pretty happy because he's getting, you know, nine receptions on 13 targets. But the depth of target for all of them, because they've only got two seconds to run downfield, is very, very minimal. And they don't have the most yards after the catch type group. Yeah. Obviously, for Fournette and Richard White, they've basically become you know, low A dot receivers more than they are rushers. Yeah, sure, what sure. what I would say is that if this team, you know, obviously there's a lot of experience there. They've won a Super Bowl as a collective very recently, Brady, etc. If they can make it to the playoffs, then this run game doesn't have to, they don't have to run for 150 yards on the ground for the run game to be effective mm. in short yardage situation in and around the goal line in a way to mix it up so that there aren't always, uh, you know, seven players in coverage because they know they're going to throw the ball. So, it's not that they have to suddenly be putting up massive numbers, but they have to prove that in certain situations in the game, they are liable to run. And at the moment, that just isn't the case because they are just giving the ball to Brady for a three-step drop to then throw the ball out as quickly as possible. And yeah. and that's therefore so predictable yeah. that if you're going up against them, it's making your life very easy. Yeah. Okay. Am I going to land the over 44? Ooh, I don't love it. But you know you're on a roll this season now, so I, I just uh, <laughs> yeah, I stick yeah, with. Yeah. yeah, well, quite exactly. If it broke, or if it is broke, uh, whatever the phrase is. Right. Let's talk. Uh, what other player I want to get into actually in this this stage of the show? T. Y. Hilton, interesting pickup for the Cowboys. T. Y. Of course, one of the the better receivers of his generation. Thirty three now, been around the block, and again a point that was emphasised when the Cowboys did the deal. He is going to be a cameo kind of player. Going to be a great addition to the locker room given that young receiving core two questions for you does he play at all against or feature at all against the jags this weekend and what do you see as his midterm prognosis and contribution as a cowboy i think he might suit up this week he's known to be very bright you know you think he picks up the playbook been in the league for a long time uh they're going to put him on the perimeter which is one of the easier positions if you go and play you know x and just run downfield he's obviously still the last we saw of ty you know he, he struggled with injury but he still had speed uh this is a bit like a julio jones signing as mm. in you don't need ty to be the the face of this offense there but it opens up a lot for other t other players so 
you know, probably be Gallup and Hilton on the outside at points. Not He's not going to play every snap, obviously. Maybe as you get into the playoffs, we're obviously expecting the Cowboys to get there at this point. Um, he has a, a larger role. But what it allows them to do is move CD Lamb around. And I think that's actually really important in terms of what they want to try and achieve. They've also got James Washington coming back. And all of a sudden, they've got a few more options and different ways to play. Kellen Moore was a very hot, trendy OC future head coach um, mm. candidate, you know, a couple of years ago. And some of the shines worn off there a little bit, but they haven't had the weapons that I think they'd want. They've done so much efficient work in the backfield this year. They've had to get Dak back from injury. We might be sleeping a little bit on this pass game and what they're able to do. But again, I, I don't I don't expect it to make a huge difference now. And they're still mm. going to rely on the run game for now. But once you get into the playoffs and you have to mix up your offense, that's where a player like Hilton, even if he's just on the field and that allows him to move other players around, it's still valuable. Yeah. Okay. All right. Makes a lot of sense. Let's look back before we look ahead and get into last week's winners in the league. In our NC show listener league, we have a free to enter competition every week. We have a $5 competition every week. And of course there are other uh, five dollars stand to that is uh and there are other show other shows there are other shows that i hope you don't listen to them there are other contests all <laughs> around DraftKings you can get involved with as well everything that we put up put in anything that we win uh we will put towards the charity pot that is doing okay but certainly we're making a lot more money for good causes with my uh, natism's uh penalty box five pounds every time i drop something so on that note the show team mm, not any dollars made last week Guru, what went down there? What yeah, bad, bad week. Uh, um, we're spending too much time together now. It's rubbing off, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 35th in the $5 entry. That's to win $100. And then 42nd in the free. We, we, oh, well, we, I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, picked yeah, a they... bunch of players who, who the process, again, I think might have been right, but the results weren't there. So Amari Cooper got injured. Well, his hip injury flared up in that game. He wasn't going to do much. Unlucky. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. James Cook didn't take over that backfield, hardly played. That was obviously a, a mistake a mistake for my part. Kirk was outshone by Zay Jones. DeAndre Swift um, stepped back behind Jamal Williams in terms of playtime. Joe Mixon didn't take the lead there in the way I thought he would. So, yeah, it didn't go well. Um, mm. Our two winners, I think we've got to really right, call well, before out... Before you get to our two winners... Okay. Uh, seeing as you dissed me at least twice on the show already. Uh, show team 35th in the league, uh, 22nd, my my own personal entry team, which wasn't enough to win win any money for, for the charity pot, but nevertheless, better than you. <laughs> so I'm going to take any <laughs> win I can right now. I was going to say, what we, what's happened this season is our bar of expectation for celebration has really diminished. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that heart pangs, uh, and Dan H99 have been celebrating their winning our paid and free contests, free to enter, that is, uh, contests respectively. They both had, uh, well, clearly big weeks if they won the contest. What put them over the line? Jared Goff and Jerry Judy for uh, Heart Pangs. Heart Pangs, I think, has won before. So shout mm. out to Heart Pangs for um, consistent excellence. For Dan H99, had Justin Jefferson, who obviously had that monster 200-plus yard game, had Evan Engram, who was the cheat code last week. I don't think anyone saw that coming. So well done to both of them. Yeah, big time. Jam Raiders, incidentally, and I see them back in the, in the money. Yeah. Second in the free-to-enter league. And Jam Raiders, as we know, one of our favorite uh, monikers <laughs> in our listener yeah. league. Not, not someone you want to flat share with. But definitely uh, probably a, a not. <laughs> probably not. The way you can enter, incidentally, you hit the link 
in the show notes. So you're listening to this and we pop it in all the show notes. I think Propo is diligent with that. So if you just go to the episode notes of the pod, wherever you're listening, there'll just be a link. It'll take you straight to the link to enter. And we've got a link over on Twitter as well. It's our pinned tweet. And we'll send, uh, we'll push out tweets as well about it as we get near it. Get involved and get into the contest because last week, I think one of them was full up pretty early doors. There are limited places in each, right? So uh, yeah. if you're listening now, go yeah, get yeah. the team in, go get registered now so you don't miss out. Uh, whether it is... We're legally, at this point, we are legally required to mention that Propo isn't on the show because he was getting boozy at the TalkSport staff party. It, we, yes, we are allowed to say that and we should say that. They're quite right. And I'm frankly appalled uh, guru with his lack of commitment <laughs> getting i didn't go out till the wee small hours boozing uh at the talk sport party but propo on the other hand not only did he we said we're going to be recording early on friday morning and he said i'm definitely not making it well, i think we're his that was his opening gambit not is it okay if i don't make it are you guys going to be fine is there anything i can do to help the show i'm definitely not making it i'm going out on the lash words to that effect if I was uh, if I was a listener, you know, not how, knowing how the show was produced, I'd probably start thinking that producing the show was quite straightforward because it seems you don't need a producer to produce the show. Apparently so, uh, and it's mm. something not lost on Propo. If I am the Russell Wilson of Edge Rush this season <laughs> of sports gambling this season, as uh, as as some people have suggested, I think Propo is the Cliff Kingsbury of producing right now. The MIA Producer Award goes to <laughs> propo uh he better get a show team in or rather sorry his own personal team into the league as well this weekend because i want to again i want to have some semblance of dignity as i roll out the final weeks of the season if i'm uh continuing to go on tilt on edge rush I'm how not, how exactly do you, this the game this week how mm. how are you going to what's going to happen in that game in the dying seconds to ensure that that the over doesn't happen yeah this is this is for those of you who don't listen to Edge Rush I mean none of our listeners surely even if they're not that um regular listeners to, to Edge Rush must know that and of course every gambler will say oh you know the bad beat stories right but there have been some unbelievable bad beats this season uh and that is what the guru is referring to with, with specifically with my drew locks of the, of the week so this week i think it'll be the bucks in goal to go um all they need is um uh, their touchdown to win it and to take it over and they and they go for a field goal they go for or they go for a <laughs> they they wheel out Brady as a receiver trick play, and he yeah, stumbles and love blows it. it up. Yeah, blows it up. Um, I can see it. All right, game plan for fantasy playoffs and specifically sits sit him stardom is where you're going with, and I guess this is a, a applicable to our daily fantasy as well. So, what are you looking at there, Stidham Stardom? Who's uh, standing out? Who's eh, not so much? Yeah, I think we're going to do this in the next few weeks just because obviously if you if you play fantasy and you're in redraft, you're in dynasty, whatever it may be, you are now in your playoffs. So let's see if we can give you a bit of a helping hand. Want to focus on some players that you'll probably question whether you should start them or not. So obviously you start your stars. Mm. Right? You know, this time of the season, don't get cute and try and drop Jamar because you think he's got there's a good cornerback coverage. It doesn't matter. You just you start your best players. But a number of players will be on the edge and you'll be thinking about whether you should or shouldn't start. So a few we're going to go into in a bit more detail and then I'll just reel off a few others that I like. Hopefully we're right on these. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. last week wasn't the best validation of that. But 
First one is Tyler Conklin. And we spoke about him a few weeks ago being a potential league winner from tight end. And I still think that's the case. When we spoke about that, it was about these three weeks, 15, 16, 17, when the fantasy playoffs happen. Right. Uh, because of the matchups, because of um, because of the role those players are going to have over this point in the season. So the Jets go up against Detroit. They are a bad D with a great offense who play fast-paced. That means that everyone who plays them ends up having 70-plus plays per game, which is fantastic for tight ends who aren't usually the focal point of the offense. Mike White, we're expecting him to start. Corey Davis is not 100% with a concussion. He's likely to miss the game. So again, that takes out a, a receiver. They still don't love Elijah Moore in that building, it seems. And it's blue skies in Rutherford, New Jersey. That would be a concern at this point of the season, obviously, in uh, in the New York area. Um so Tyler Conklin, I like, and I think someone who, if he's, if you're questioning, you know, he's on your bench and you're playing maybe in a tight end premium league, or even as someone you might need to throw in as a desperate flex play, I think there's there's value there. Um, second guy is Brian Robinson, who's not the most exciting running back. You know, I think people have already given up a little bit on him in fantasy circles as someone who's ever really going to break through. You know, he's a committee back. He doesn't have incredible burst and speed. Washington doesn't have an offense that creates enough opportunities around the goal line. But actually, this might be a game where we see uh, a big-time Brian Robinson performance. New York Giants, you mentioned earlier, you know they have regressed. They just don't have enough talent, New York, right? And defensively, that's been a strength for them, particularly in the D-line. But over the last four, they've allowed 160, 165, 169, and just recently, 253 rushing yards. Mm. So the rush uh, defense has been greatly exposed. Robinson is averaging 20 carries per game over the last four, and he's starting to mix in some pass catching. J.D. McKissick doesn't look like he's going to be back this season, and Tony Gibson is in and out of that lineup. So good opportunity this week for Brian Robinson, I think, to have a big day uh, and, again, a good flex play. And then the final one in detail, DPJ. Uh, he had a breakout game really last week, and he's looked good. You know, Remember, um, Peoples-Jones was a five-star prospect coming into college from high school. He was one of the most lauded receivers in that class years ago now. So he has all of the athletic talent in the world and he's starting to put it together as a football player, not just an athlete. He had 100% of snaps last week for the first time this year, I think maybe even in his career, to be a, a real full-time player. He had 246 air yards last week. He is the downfield threat. Deshaun Watson's getting more comfortable in this offense and starting to throw the ball downfield. Every time they threw the ball 20 plus yards last week it was to dpj mm. baltimore a 32nd in the league against throws 20 plus yards downfield so we're just putting some numbers together here and that to me says dpj is in for a good week particularly because amari may he may be he may play but he's not 100 with the hip injury so and that then, would make... mm, sorry so one more well i'm just gonna throw out some names without much uh, background oh, raheem sure, moster okay. Mm-hmm. There's no Jeff Wilson, plus it looks like a snow game. Go with Raheem on the ground. Michael mm-hmm. Gallup versus Jacksonville, who are just bad against receivers. Like Zay Jones yeah. against Dallas. I'm going to talk about him in a bit. And Josh Palmer against Tennessee, who I think would be a natural sit because now Williams and um, and Allen are back. But versus Tennessee, you can't run the ball, so they're going to be popping the ball around regularly, and I think that makes enough enough uh, space for Josh Palmer to have a good game. Uh, okay. I um looking forward to that snow game, incidentally. I think although that does mm, probably favor the Bills. The team, show team, has Zay Jones in it, and hence why you said mm. we're going to talk about him in a bit. In fact, you've gone for Zay in that game. Looking, But you haven't gone for Donovan Peoples-Jones, which is interesting, given everything you've just built up and said about him. But you will, I'm sure, rationalize and explain why. Let's start at the very top, though. So... Quarterback, you've gone for 
Justin Herbert, Tennessee, heading to the Chargers. Interesting game, full stop, I think, in the sense that the Chargers, we, we talked about a fair bit on the show, a woeful rundy, although they they held firm against the Finns last time out. Going to be an altogether different proposition against Derek Henry. Do you, you obviously fancy Herbert uh, and the Chargers to make some hay, though, against this Tennessee D? I do, yeah. Quick note on DPJ. I'd love to play him, but I don't think he's on the slate that we can pick from. Oh, because it's only Sunday games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I think he's a good pick if you're playing. Um, obviously, in any fantasy league, but if you're playing DFS on the on the slate that he's in, go pick him up for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Herbert, you're right. You're right. This is a really interesting game because obviously Tennessee have started to go backwards and are holding on a bit for dear life at the top of the South. The Chargers need to keep winning to have a chance of going to the playoffs. It seems um, Herbert. He's now got his weapons back. You know, he himself is healthy, it seems. You know, have to remember that he had a serious rib injury earlier in the season that was that had to limit him in some capacity. Um, I think in this game he's going to throw conservatively 86 times um against Tennessee. You just you just don't run the ball against them. The Chargers are first in neutral pass rate. The Tennessee are first in opposing teams neutral pass rate. They force teams to pass the ball more often than anybody else in the league. Herbert over the last three is averaging 49 passes per game. I think if you've got an over and un- over under 50 of how many times Justin Herbert throws the ball, it's an easy over. And that as a QB in fantasy, I mean, volumes, everything. Yeah. Fair play. It's a fair argument. You've got on the ground, Miles Sanders and, J- and James Conner, who you talked about earlier on Philly up against Chicago, of course, and uh, Arizona heading to Denver. Uh, and I guess given given the issues that, that they've got and the return of Colt McCoy and what you suggested earlier on, that means for the offensive game plan for Arizona, logical that Connor's going to see a lot of touches. Yeah, James Connor's getting enormous workload, 95% snap share in that mm. backfield. They let you know Benjamin go a few weeks ago. Um, Keontae Ingram is the backup. Daryl Williams we haven't really seen much of. I think he's still on IR. So he's just on the field all the time. McCoy... I think not just this season, but going back over the last couple of years, I think has the lowest air yards uh, per throw in the league. Mm-hmm. So very conservative, uh, in not in the Mitch Trubisky way, um, <laughs> who looks like a Republican. I think we're, we're allowed to say that on this show. We are. We are, that's it. Um, so Connor's not efficient. He doesn't, he's not going to go, it seems, forever, over four yards a carry in the remainder of his career. He's not someone who's going to run away from the defense. But against Denver, who are still a decent D. Uh, the fact that he's on the field so much, the fact that he has McCoy as his QB, um, he's on the field all the time. I, I, I think there's a lot of value here. He's at a short's bump just because of the change in that situation without Kyler running. I don't love picking James Connor because the upside doesn't always seem to be there. But this week, I'll, uh, I'll take the play. 6-9, you can get James Connor for. So along with Zay Jones, you've gone Garrett Wilson and Mike Williams with your receiving core. Uh, the Jets up against Detroit, of course, welcoming Detroit and uh, Detroit uh, love a shootout. Top five uh, in terms of points scored, top five in terms of points conceded. And this Jets defense, even though it has been mightily impressive, you suspect will bend if not break. So I think um, if the Lions are able to lay up the points then. Uh, then Mike White, who says he's good to go, He's another questionable decision, but he says he's ready to go. So we expect Mike White to play. Zach Wilson elevated to the second on the depth chart after last week where it was Flacco, which was intriguing. But assuming Mike White is involved in a shootout, then this makes a hell of a lot of sense. Still like Wilson, he's 6,000. I think it's cheap. We mentioned Corey Davis likely being out. Detroit 31st against wide receivers. Garrett Wilson is wide receiver six. 
over the past four weeks. He looks to be the odds-on favourite now to, well, that's maybe overstating it. He's becoming one of the favourites to win Offensive Rookie of the Year mm. with Ken Walker's injury and perhaps not being quite 100% for the rest of the year. Chris Alave slowed down a bit in New Orleans. You know, this team is now passing the football a lot. And if obviously the Jets make the playoff, that helps your narrative. So really like Wilson this week. Zay Jones, he has 33 targets in his last three games. I mm. think he's the he's a wide receiver, a mid-wide receiver two on the season. Dallas is allowing the fifth most touchdowns to wide receivers. So the, the story about Dallas is obviously they've got this great defense and they have this tremendous pass rush, but they still allow CDs to the wide receivers. And Zay Jones has this low A dot. And what you do, obviously, when you've got a strong pass rush is you look for quick throws to avoid that pass rush being able to get to you. So mm. someone like a Zay Jones, maybe an Evan Ingram, potentially Travis Etienne coming backfield. All of those players could have bigger weeks this week, I would I would think, than someone who has to rely on getting downfield, which is more of your Christian Kirk. So Jones at 4,900. I mean, he's been a staple of our teams over the last few weeks and for good reason. And then M. Will, Mike Williams, we mentioned the Titans being 32nd against... Uh, I mean, the, the Titans are basically last in the league in everything to do with passing. Uh, he's <laughs> healthy, Williams, now. He injured his ankle in week seven. Those high ankle sprains take... Somewhere between three and four weeks. Um, we were obviously past that point. He had an aggravation. He's come back from that. Looked healthy last week against Miami. Looked explosive. We're pairing him with Herbert. Obviously, if we think Herbert throws 50 plus times, we need we need a Chargers receiver in there to take advantage of that. Um, and I'm just going to go back quickly to Miles Sanders mm. in the backfield. 6,500. Chicago are probably the worst defense in the league right now after trading away a couple of pieces. Roquan Smith, by the way, I think has been excellent in Baltimore. Um Worth worth noting if you're if you're going up against them. Mm. Sanders is the clear lead back. He has 5.2 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns so far this season. And I, I just get the feeling as we head towards the end of the year with the Eagles in the playoffs already, do they start to protect Jalen Hurts a bit more? And they do a bit less design run with him. This game could also be a blowout, which means that Hurts might just not need to do an awful lot. So we're banking here on Sanders getting some big run in the first couple of quarters. Okay, love that. Uh, final three, Guru, before we get out of Dodge, you're tight and your flex. Next in your flex, you got one of your old faves back in there again. Uh, and uh, and your defense. So Greg Dulcich, 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 uh, 3,600 mm. as our tight end. The concern here is obviously it's a Brett Ripien start, but the last Brett Ripien start was against the Jets, who we know are a good defense, and Dulcich went for six for 51. So proven, that was also one of Dulcich's first games, so we expect some progression from for him. Arizona, every year, is last against tight ends. That's still the case this season. Sutton is also likely to be out, we think, on the outside. So it's really the Dulcich and Judy show. And Dulcich is just too good value, I think, to pass up. Um, Pacheco as our flex. Last week was the McKinnon week. Don't chase what happened last week. Think about what happens this week. Houston are last in the league against running backs, and they just can't tackle. And anyone who's seen Pacheco play knows that that would be a nightmare matchup for anyone who's just not interested in putting their head down and and getting around his legs because the, the guy just breaks through tackles. It's incredible to watch. Um, he started to also catch the ball. You know, we mentioned this earlier in the year that the concern with Pacheco is that he might be a two-down back, and that really limits upside in PPR leagues including DFS. That doesn't seem to be the case as much anymore. Three targets last week, three catches in that game. So more is happening in that backfield and it's now really a two-man committee rather than a three when CH was healthy. And then the final one is the Broncos D. The Broncos D has stepped down a bit over the last few weeks. You know, I think the energy might have just been, the oxygen might have just been pulled out of the room a little <laughs> yeah, bit there. You enough know? already. It, yeah, like it doesn't really matter what we do when not going to win enough games. Colt McCoy is obviously in at QB though for Arizona. And I just think as much as we like James Connor, 
they're not going to be pushing the ball downfield as much. So again, I don't actually think Arizona is going to struggle too greatly offensively, but I don't think they're going to put up a lot of points. Um, also have to start questioning again, same thing we just said about Broncos for the Cardinals, where now everyone will know that that, that the season is lost. Do they start to bring in some younger talent? Is, does the motivation drop a little bit? And, and this Broncos D still has as much talent as any defense in the league. So in terms of a team that could pop up with a big week, it could be them. Love that. That is our show team. We will push that out on social as well for reference. And uh, if proper gets over his hangover in time to put his sh uh, show team together or his team together for the show leagues, we'll push that out as well, along with mine. So we'll push those out on probably on Twitter, typically on the might rock up on Instagram as well at the NC show We're on TikTok as well. How about that at the NC show Facebook too. shout out Facebook crew and shout out to all of you new listeners. We're seeing from the numbers that we are picking up a lot of new subscribers. So uh, really appreciate that. Great to have you along for the ride. And it's great to have the guru along for the ride as well. Although I couldn't see you, guru, your dulcet tones did the trick. So uh, time to chill now. Go pick up that mandolin that's sitting in the corner. In the corner, <laughs> go ponder, ponder your fantasy stylings and profiling. Look after yourself, bud. Check in with you next week. Thanks, man. You see. Podcast Network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.